Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I am the host, 12 Kyle, and joining me are my homies. First up to bat, my man, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What up, Kyle? What's going on, fellas? Chilling, man. What's going on? What's happening? None still trying to figure out uh, with FIFA why the Cavs will win in six. <laughs> hey, uh, how, how are you supposed, How are you going to get your money, B? Uh, two fives and a ten, baby. <laughs> we'll get into that a little later. Also joining us, man, is the homie FIFA. FIFA, what up, Playboy? So what it do? Hey, hey, B, B, B. Hey, <laughs> calm all that down. Calm all that down. Y'all thought I was crazy as hell last year, and I came on this same show. And kept saying Cavs in seven, Cavs in six. Now I may not believe that, but oh, so now you don't believe it? Hey, hey, I said I'm sticking to my guns. I'm, I'm not backing down. Hey, Cavs Kevin Durant's a different animal, brother. Hey, 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 go ahead and introduce Ken, so, yeah. so I can go ahead. Hey, FIFA, are you are you a mobile or are you at a, at the computer? I'm on the mobile. Okay, because you sound like you're a little bit further. Okay, we'll, I guess we'll fine-tune that. Also joining us is the homie Ken. Ken, what up, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Chilling, man. What's good? Oh, nothing. Hey, real quick, music, uh, real quick. I have a question for B. B, have you listened to uh, this tape by Drugs and Ilpo, a rapper named Ilpo? Yeah. Called Worst Case Scenario? Yeah, I just finally listened yeah. to it today. Yeah, it can't. He he dropped it around the same time he did the album with Fat Father. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's been sitting in my library, so I finally had to check it out. Actually, I I like it, man. It, you know, Drugs did his thing on the beats. What I kind never of heard name this. is that, man? I never What'd heard of this Ilpo guy. What kind of name is that? What Ilpo or Drugs? Which one? Drugs. Who calls themselves drugs? Hey, because hey. his beats, his beats, his beats are like are like drugs, man. Oh, you hear? Drugs is dope, man. Drugs yeah, is dope. Yeah, he is. He is, and and that's a dope name, Kyle. You sounded old, man. Yeah, I, hey, man, I am old, man. I'm used to dudes like ski and snow and stuff like that. I guess what well, those cocaine references. So I guess it's all the same. Um, <laughs> okay, let me let me write this down. Look up drugs after the after the show. Uh, all right, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, the NBA Finals are rolling hot and wait, heavy. Wait, 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 wait. Let's clarify What's that. Up? Drugs, D-R-U-G-S, the producer. Look up drugs, drugs the producer. Yes. Kyle's not looking up drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't do drugs. I don't do drugs. Oh, man. So, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. The NBA Finals are, are here and in full swing, hot and heavy. We're two games down at the time of this recording. Game three will be tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. on ABC. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about. Be NBA heavy uh, tonight as well. Um, let's start right there, man. Before the finals actually started, man, LeBron James uh, had to deal with something that Many people uh, who look like LeBron James has to deal with uh, throughout this country. Uh, as many of you know, LeBron James's uh, home in Los Angeles uh, was vandalized. The N-word was spray painted on his gate. Um, and this happened, if I'm not mistaken, the day before the final started. Uh, so it's been a little while before. I mean, it happened since our last podcast, so we haven't had a chance to talk about it. 
Uh, B, I'll start first with you, man. Uh, what did you think about that that story? And and more importantly, how do you think uh, LeBron handled it? Um, I thought he handled it great. Um, I'm glad that he took it to the podium and, and, and spoke about the whole situation, knowing that saying to many people, I mean, black, white, all of, you know, mainly black, like no matter how rich, how famous you are, people are going to still look at you as a certain way. <laughs> regardless of your fame and your classism and all that stuff. So I'm glad I'm not saying I'm glad it happened to LeBron, but I'm glad it happened to someone of that stature. And then for them to talk about it and speak about it, saying like, look, look, it can happen to, you know, the poor person as well as it can happen to us rich folks, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that LeBron addressed it with some class. You know, he didn't, he wasn't, he could have been the typical angry black athlete or whatever about it, but I'm glad first and foremost, he said, I'm just glad my family wasn't there. My family's safe. You know, I'm glad they didn't have a nerve to do this type of stuff while my family was there, you know. So, yeah, I'm just really glad that he's spoken. And, I, and, I, and I'm glad that other OG athletes are, like, you know, speaking on it as well. And, like, you know, it's kind of like it's good to see, like, the OGs kind of giving props to the young guys, man. So I'm glad LeBron James is definitely – he's definitely an athlete that cares about the community. And that's, like, he put his peoples first, man. Like, he's proved that. Oh, throughout the years, man, LeBron is he's he's about that life, man, when it comes to the to the inner city community and everything, man. So, you know, I, unfortunate it happened to him, but I'm glad it's still it's still one of those things that you just that you gotta shine a light bright on. And that's why we have to talk about it. Like we we have to sit and talk about stuff like this. You know, to the Caucasian folks out there, you know, you 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 have to sit and talk and listen. Don't just brush it off your shoulders and just act like, oh, okay, why are we still talking about this? Oh, my God. Because it's still happening. It's right. still happening fresh to us on a daily basis, man. And, you know, and now with social media, it's just magnifying even more. You know, just think, you know, think 30 years ago. Look how many Rodney Kings we probably would have had, you know, in the 70s, in the 80s, like before we had access to, to cameras and stuff like that. It's been Rodney King's been going on, situations been going on for forever, you know? So, yeah, man, I'm just glad that LeBron just brought it to the light and brought it to the people, man. Like, look, this is how it is. You're going to you're gonna have to deal with it and face it, and you're going to have to communicate with us and talk to us about the situation because this is it's still this is still happening today. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, your thoughts on... Uh, the incident as well as, you know, how LeBron handled it. it you know, I, I was born in 84. And my parents did a great job of shielding me from a lot of this. I didn't really know, you know, how bad it was until I started getting a teenager and I started getting outside of the house and actually having those experiences, you know. And, and, and I think that in 2017, it's hard to imagine that it's still this blatant, this open, you know, it's hard to imagine that it still happens. How many other incidents, how many other times do we need proof to show that there are injustices, that there is still racism out here? You know, we have a guy that kneeled last year and now he mm -hmm. can't even get a job because of incidents like this. But we just want to sweep it under the rug. Nah, man. LeBron has always been chosen. LeBron knew what his position was from the moment he stepped foot on this NBA court. And he's always been the athlete to move the needle. You know, Colin Cowherd, man, he's one of the guys I really listen to. I really admire what he does. 
And he's 100% right when he says LeBron has been the talking point for the last 12 years. And for LeBron to handle every single adversity, including this, with this style, with, with, with his cachet, and, and he's always on the needle. He's always on message. Man, like B said, this is not a good thing to happen, but for it to happen to LeBron is the best person to for it to happen to that that can convey that message, man. Le, Le, LeBron, man, like this, this this just goes on the resume of social issues. Everything LeBron means on the court and off of the court to the NBA is so great. And that leads me to my next point. And I know Ken is about to go off. <laughs> this boy Jason Whitlock, and I'm gonna call him boy. I'm gonna call him mm-hmm. boy. This guy right here wanted to call it a disrespectful uh, uh, incident or something like that. Something to that nature. Don't quote me all the way. This guy, I, he is the reverse Oreo. Like, I, I really don't <laughs> understand it, man. Like, he, he, he talks about that there is racism, that there is this, that there is that. But when it happens, he, he, he shies away from it. He's like, oh, no, well, it's this. You brush it off. It doesn't matter that LeBron is LeBron, is a multimillionaire, about to be a billionaire uh, before it's all said and done. Um, somebody that has elevated everybody around him on and off the court. To still experience this. In 2017, what do you think happens to the nobody on the corner? What do you think happens to the regular Joe Schmo in America if it happens to LeBron James? I look, man. I, I just some people, and, and, I, and I'm kind of glad that he's out there because it shows that it's not just the the others that feel this type of way. Some of our own brothers feel like this. So, so I, it, 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 I just I don't understand. I, I, I truly don't understand it. I don't know why we can't get over it. And, and you know, I, I think I think this, I think has his, the election made it even worse. Mm-hmm. The election made it even worse, man. But you know, I, I digress. The original point, LeBron had did, did his thing, and I, and I'm glad he adjusted the way he did. You know, I love the the passion that I I hear coming from from B and and Ralph about this. Um, this story, you know, is is um, it was one that we didn't need, and, and unfortunately, it, it arrived. But um, you know, it, I think it provided an, an opportunity um, because LeBron is is a, a huge figure. He's a superstar. Everybody knows him, and if if White supremacy really want to continue to um, reign, quote unquote, over over America. This isn't the way to do it. Um, you, you'll do your best be served trying to uh, uh, you know hold down poor people um, or middle class people or whatever, um, because what they what they did was. They basically showed America that no matter how much money you have, at the end of the day, to them, you're still a nigger. It's, it's what B said. Um, and no matter how much money you have, no matter 
your status. We we saw we had a, a black president, so we all know what happened with that. Um, I think it's funny because I got into it with a couple of people last week because they said, man, Ken, you know, you, you always talking about race. Well, stuff like this always seemed to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a platform that allows me to have this conversation, not just in the household, but now people outside can listen to me talk to you guys about it. So the, they're, they're privy to the conversation that we will be having anyway. And yeah. and um, I, I, I'm not going to get too long-winded because I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. We were going to do a show on it. But um, I, I, I do want to address Jason Whitlock. Um, obviously, I knew he was going to take a stance different from everyone else because he's um, he lives to be a contrarian. But I was extremely disappointed that he literally texted Colin Cowherd to come on his show to say the things that he said. He ran to the show to denounce racism in America because of what happened to LeBron. To say that racism doesn't impact rich people is one of the most ridiculous statements I have ever heard in my life, especially when he had nigger sprayed on, on, on his, on his house the day before the finals. And, you know, uh, impact happens in a couple of different ways, right? Sometimes it's physical, but and sometimes it's mental. So while it may not impact him financially, it he still has to deal with this emotionally. And we all know that no matter how much money you have in the world, there are studies, and 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 there are studies that show that say that some of the people with the most money are, are sometimes the most depressed. You know, so even they are not shielded from depression, you know, mental illness. And now, obviously, racism. We all, we, Oprah. Oprah got a lot of money. She, you know, she. They wouldn't show her a purse because they thought she didn't have it. Um, so no, it doesn't shield you from impact. It's not an inconvenience. You know what? I take that back. Jason Willock is right. It it it, it is an inconvenience. It, it it's an inconvenience because somebody went through a lot of trouble to call you a nigger, and you have to deal with that. The, the the racism is, is caused the inconvenience. That st- does not mean it's not racism. Just because somebody has to go out and 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 remove paint from from a house, and he has people that he can pay to go do it, and he doesn't have to see it. So, um, I, I'll I'll end by saying this. I, I know he was also upset that. LeBron analogized Emmett Till to what what happened, and um, I think Jason Jason kind of missed the point, uh, the bigger picture, right? Because what what LeBron managed to do is that, and, and Brian Winhorst said this, and a lot of people said this, and Google searches for the name went up. There's a lot of people that don't know about Emmett Till, but a lot of people know now, and so he educated 
a lot of people in America on this thing that happened that was kind of known um, in the black community and for you know and among people that that fought for the causes or that was you know kind of interested in in um, in just what has been happening in the African American community, but now a lot know, and um, so that's kind of what LeBron was doing was like he was sending a message to America, and the most powerful thing he said out of everything that he said was that. It's tough being a black man in America. And I think for me, man, that, that said it all. No doubt. No doubt. Great points made by everybody. Um, I, I'll just read to you, you know, what LeBron actually said. Uh, he said that racism will always be a part of the world, always be a part of America. It just goes to show you that hate in America, especially for African-Americans, is living every day. Even if it's concealed, most of the time we know people hide their faces, will say things about you, and when they see you, they'll smile in your face. Racism is alive every single day, close quote. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the fat dude that you guys just talked about because uh, he's not worth my time. Um, it's unfortunate that this, that this happened. It just so happened to happen in the finals. But, um, you know, LeBron said, you know, basically a reality that most of us know that you can't it, it doesn't matter if if the if if all four of us were billionaires you know what they would say they're, those are four there goes four black billionaires you know so you can't hide from the color of your skin and, and none of us who are black at least the majority of us would ever want to hide from who we are or our race um I, I I love the way that LeBron handled this. And I'll be I'll be as a father and as a husband, I'll be the first to admit he handled this a whole lot better than I would have. Because I don't think you could have put me in front of the media and I would have been as calm and cool and as collected as LeBron. You know, forget the finals. Just as a black man having hit and keep in mind, folks listening, this happened to his house in Los Angeles. In Brentwood section of Los Angeles. For those of you who don't know, Google Brentwood. Brentwood is one of the most wealthiest sections of Atlanta. This, excuse me, not Atlanta, uh, LA. This is a $21 million house that he paid for. So this ain't the hood. I mean, I don't want you to walk across my grass in my yard, in my yard let alone deface my property. You deface my property and then it's the N-word? Nah, nah, nah. I, he handled it a whole lot better than I would have because at the time of this recording, there's been no arrest. Somebody knows be. who. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it won't be. Somebody knows who did it. I'm sure that they know who did it and, and it won't be hard to find. But being a gun owner and being the type of person that I am. No, there's no there's no way that I would have handled it as smooth as LeBron. I. I say a lot of stuff about LeBron and I, I have the utmost respect for him as a man and as a competitor and as a basketball player, but I respect Le LeBron more so as a man than I do as a basketball player. Cause he handled that a whole lot better than I would have, because there would have been a lot of cussing and I would have been ready to, to, to get busy on somebody. 
somebody would have had to pay. And I'm not talking. Yeah, he can he can he can afford to pay for whatever the damage was. But just to have to do that to your I mean, understand this. This is his property. This is where he paid the bills. No, I don't want you touching my stuff, let alone spray. No, come on, man. So I, I, I give him all the props and respect for how he handled it. Because trust me when I tell you, I would not have been as nice as he was. And, and sometimes and, a cooler head needs to prevail. Go ahead, Ken. And, and you know what? It, I'm hearing, I'm listening to you, right? And and you're talking about the, the approach and how he, he handled it and how your reaction would have been, would have been you know, different. And, and all I'm thinking about is like, damn, it's a shame that it's almost like he had to do that because if yeah. he acted any other way, you know, he, he would come off as a belligerent, you know, black guy. You know what I'm saying? And 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 probably. But you know, sometimes have. sometimes, Ken, that's that's what we need to do. I mean, I'm being honest. And I that's why I say I give him the, the props and respect for not doing that, because and I don't think it was so much as him trying to protect an image. I thought what he said about Emmett Till was beautiful because that. Like you said, that if, if for nothing else, that gave a history lesson. There's millions of people that watched that interview in that press conference, and they didn't know who the hell Emmett Till was. But you know what? They went to Google, and then they saw those pictures of, of Emmett Till laying in that casket, open casket. And they read about the story, and they read about the history, and they said, okay, I, I get what he's saying. That's, you know, what LeBron is talking about is what we deal with every day. We can't hide what color we are. We can't. And how much money you have, it doesn't matter. The person who did that, they know whose house it was <laughs> trust me there's there, there's no other gates got spray painted that particular day so again man i i give i give lebron all the props in the world for how he handled it it's unfortunate i love the fact of what he said about being a part of the conversation uh you know and, and i'm pretty sure maybe behind closed doors when he's talking with his wife no he probably wants to get busy on somebody he wants oh, yeah, to he, you know, he wants some yeah oh yeah I, and you can't blame him because that's any man would do that. I don't care what color you are. So it's almost like what was the purpose, right? Because if you're trying yeah. to distract him from the finals to help your team, why would you call him a, 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 that word when you have a bunch of other ones playing for you to try to get the title? It's like it's like what? You know, what's your I purpose? I don't even know. And somebody, I think one of my kids asked me, that, "Did I think that it was a fan? I don't even think that it was a fan that did that. I, I but I, but at this point, we don't know, and I don't know that it was done to be a distraction to but obviously it's a distraction you get a phone call hey somebody spray painted this on your on your gate what you know yeah i mean like no nah, he and and i think i was watching one of the interviews and he said like one of the hardest things was for him was the fact that he was in oakland his wife was back home in cleveland with their kids and you know he, even though he had facetime that's a hard conversation to have over the phone with your children. That's a conversation that you need to have in the room with your kids so they can look you in your eye and, and they can really get an understanding as to what's going on. Um, you know, did it affect them? I don't know. You know, and, and as a father and as a man, I'm pretty sure, you know, he probably had an even longer conversation with his wife as to, you know, kind of measuring the temperature for his because his kids, well, other than his daughter, his son's are old enough to know. It's not like they were two or three years old. You know, I think his daughter's relatively young. But, you know, Ken, you got kids. I mean, like, that's that's not a that's not a conversation we want to have with our children, but it's a necessary conversation. And unfortunately, as black men in this country, that's a conversation we have with our kids daily. Moving on to 
the other subject is the NBA Finals. Uh, a little bit more brighter news. The NBA Finals have started since the last time we spoke. Uh, let's see. We have finished game one and game two with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers being down. Golden State Warriors are up 2-0. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, this finals, we, we'd been waiting on this and they didn't know how, uh, you know, climatic it would be because, you know, we got the same two teams from last year. This is the trilogy. It's either going to be a repeat or revenge, that sort of thing. And the Warriors <laughs> proceeded to smoke the Cavs, uh, in game one and two. All right. Now on this podcast, folks, there are two people. That picked the Cavs <laughs> and the two people that picked the Warriors. I'm going to throw it to the people, and I'm not going to call them fans because we're not fans of these teams, but I'm going to throw it to the guys who picked the Cavs first. FIFA, I'll start with you. What do you think about the first two games of this finals? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, Golden State is the real deal. They, like, like people, you know, Magic out here talking about that they would have sweat. Hell no. What, 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 what is you talking about? I, it's so it's so crazy that old people don't be giving new cats props, and I'm just glad that us with dead and sports, dead and hip hop, we're actually we can actually be objective. But I'm not gonna lie, Golden State has made the Cavs look old and slow, mm. and the one guy that looks old and slow to me, just compared mm. to them, is LeBron, and that is crazy. But you know, LeBron's about to be 33 um, December. He's older. He's lost a half a step last year. So, you know, he's only a year older now. He's played so much basketball. And against this squad, the way that they play, it shows. Even though LeBron James is still getting it done. LeBron is being LeBron. But the way that the Warriors look right now, they just look a step fresher. That's just basically what my eyes have told me. Now, the analysis to get these boys the victories that they need, I don't think it's that difficult in terms of adjustments and what they need to do. Kyrie honestly just needs to play better. That second game, where was he? I texted y'all that. Where is Kyrie? I, I, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't know if it's mental. I highly doubt that is mental. But, you know, people have bad games. Kyrie didn't play exceptionally well in the first two games last year either. And they came in one game three. And that's what I expect. Cleveland has championship moxie, and that's obvious. These boys cannot get out-rebounded. They cannot give up more second-chance points. I think those are the two areas that are glaring weaknesses to me. When Tristan Thompson has... In two combined games, less rebounds than what he averages. Matter of fact, less rebounds than what he averages with offensive rebounds. That's a problem. They rely on Tristan Thompson, the $80 million man, to generate second-chance points in possession. I believe he averages like four or five offensive rebounds per game. That's eight to ten points, if not more, if they hit threes off of those second-chance opportunities. They need that. They're sorely missing that. They need Tristan to show up. They need Kyrie to show up. I like what they did defensively, but it is what it is. Golden State's Golden State's going to get a lot of open shots, and they're going to get backdoor cuts. Cleveland needs to slow the game down. They, they, they need, look, 
one of the things I said that I liked about Cleveland was the fact that they have two isolation heavy players because that's how you can slow the game down. Obviously, you got to be on your game. LeBron needs to dictate tempo and pace because if they don't do that in these two first games, Golden State has dictated all of the tempo and pace. It's been their game, and the Cavs have tried to play that game. Now in Cleveland, you got to play the Cavs game. They got to get more physical. Tristan needs to get double-digit rebounds. Kyrie needs to show up, and they need to slow the game down. In Game 7, all six games outside of Game 7 were a blowout. Game 7 of last year's finals, I believe the score was 92-90. That's the type of game Cleveland can win. They need to keep it under 93-89. They need to keep it under 100 points. They do that, they can win. Is it hard? Of course. Because this dude, KD, is getting the ball wherever he wants. He's turning around, not even looking at the rock. He knows he's going to shoot, elevate over LeBron James. That's cool. Play tougher. Do I, I think another thing defensively what they need to do is, is take a page from San Antonio, switch as the player is cutting instead of when the player gets the ball in pick-and-roll situations so that way you can deny particular players a la Steph Curry, a la KD at times, the ball, deny them the ball instead of letting them get the ball and try to man up. You got to get a little bit slightly more creative, but the, but the Cavs still have not played their best game. I think this is pretty close to what we're going to see from Golden State in this entire series. If the Cavs play their best game, series might change, Cavs in six. <laughs> so you're still sticking with Cavs in six? Hey, I'm not backing down, Cavs. Okay, okay. And, and for, for, for those of you listening, there's $20 on the line between... No uh, damn people. way they're going to win. <laughs> hold on, hold on, B. Hold on, hold on, B. Hold on, we hook up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw it over to my brother, Ken, uh, since he picked the Cavs as well. Uh, Ken, just overall, man, your your thoughts on the first two games? Uh, well, one of the points that FIFO uh, mentioned as he was he was ending, or one of the things he said was, "We haven't seen the Cavs' best ball yet," and um, and I agree with that. Um, and now, you know, an argument can be made that that's because the Warriors are causing that to happen. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I, the Warriors' defense has been outstanding. It's, it's been legit. The Cavs um, are still adjusting to, to the speed and the style of play. Um, for me, man, there are a couple of things, and I can analyze this whole series, the first two games. Oh, I have a lot to say, but I'm going to go ahead and reduce this and try to keep it as condensed as possible. Um, Ralph made a lot of points. I'm not going to reiterate what he said. So I'll start with um, role players. Uh, Darren Williams hasn't scored. Kyle Corver. You know, has hit a couple of shots, but he's ineffective. J.R. Smith is a nightmare. Three points, one of six. Shumper's trying, <laughs> but it's only so much he can do. Um, LeBron has showed up. And it seems like every time we get to the finals, we always look and say, man, LeBron has showed up. Where is everybody else? This is the third time they have been in the NBA finals. This is your third trip. And J.R. Smith still don't know how to play in the NFL, in, not NFL, NBA Finals. How are we here now? I, I just don't understand it. I know Darren Williams is new. I know Corver is new. But J.R. Shump, you guys have pedigree. You guys are NBA champions. So for them to be playing like this is, is inexcusable. 
Derrick Williams need to play more. Get Richard Jefferson out of there. He's slow. Put that boy in. Let that boy, um, not boy, I, I don't want to disrespect him like that. Let that man get in there, man. He's young. He's athletic. I think he was the second pick of the draft behind Kyrie. You know, his offense has improved. Let him wreck some havoc. Let him just play. You need energy like that. Um, Tristan Thompson, I, I just, like, you stealing money. You stealing money. And 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 you you need to be like I, I would I would just I don't know what I would do with him but maybe they need to get that Kardashian back because maybe he need her I don't know what's going on with him but Tyrone, you know he got Tyrone, her pregnant right when he got her pregnant that, that's the word on the street is that I I'm almost no nah, I don't I don't follow I don't follow up the gossip sites but yeah that's the word uh, on the street that he got her pregnant well Monique said it's not true. Okay, but if okay. he did, Let's roll one I, 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 I can't blame him for playing the way he played. <laughs> I'll be out there. I'll be out there shook up too. <laughs> but uh-huh. um, but as a whole, man, for uh, shout out to Kevin Love, um, the 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 one person we didn't think was going to show up showed up, and Ky- and the one person we thought was going to show up, Kyrie hasn't showed up. Um, but I think for me, man, you know. The Cavs, I was telling my father-in-law this. We, we saw what the Cavs could do in the first quarter of game one and the second quarter of game two. The Cavs, when they made that comeback last year, they controlled the game. They dictated the offense and the defense. They made the Warriors feel them. There was a pressure that they felt. And right now, the Cavs are reacting to what is happening on the court instead of making the action happen on the court. And we may see that switch in Cleveland because obviously they'll be at home. But in order for them to win this series, they have to be the aggressor. They have to be the bullies. Right now, they got Curry high-stepping and talking a lot of crap. They gotta, they gotta shut him up, and and that's what like LeBron has to do. They gotta murk it up. They gotta play physical, and and we we already see Draymond can't guard Kevin Love. Obviously, uh, KD can't guard him. Kevin Love is doing his thing, so they gotta continue to do that. But they have to unleash Kyrie. And the last point I want to make because I, I won't, I'm not gonna go on long because I got so much to say. But I'll just sum up by saying this: the Warriors from what I've observed, are focused on one player, and that's Kyrie. They know that Kyrie is the most dangerous person on the court because Kyrie is their version of KD without the height. That man can can score anywhere on the court. And they are trapping him and doubling him on and off the ball. And Golden State, they're actually sometimes on some possessions running him into the defense that that they that they're playing. That's what they're doing to him. They're throwing multiple people at him, and this is where Tyrone he, Lou has to earn his money now, because now this is coaching, and you got to figure out how you're going to beat this team because your game plan isn't working. And if your game plan isn't working, at that point, you got about you, you got to be like, look, LeBron, Kyrie, I, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Y- y'all just go. Just go get them. 
Just sick them on them. Just go do what you do. And, and let them handle it. Cavs and six. So you still saying Cavs and six? Oh, they're going to win the next four. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. They're going to win the next four. My man, uh, 430. Beasy. Mr. Wet Up, though, 430. Detroit's finest. Detroit versus everybody. Uh, the beat maker of the crew, probably one of the smartest cats in the crew. He picked the Warriors, I think. Well, you picked Warriors in six, six. or five. Okay. Six. Uh, You've heard FIFO and Ken. Uh, you you can offer somewhat of a rebuttal, or just tell and also tell us what you think about the first two games of the NBA Finals. Uh, first two games, um, one Warriors they did what they were supposed to do, which is protect the home court. Um, you know your first two games at home, you got you you don't want to start off the series, you know, going one one heading back to the other to the away team. Facts. Uh, you know, going back, but um. Key factor is Ken made a point of it. I was gonna say this too that yeah they're they're collapsing and doubling Kyrie um, a lot like damn near every time uh, every time he every time he try to penetrate you either and another another thing too you know we're, we're talking about you know how great offensively Kevin Durant is playing he I think this is the most defense I mean you know this is the tightest defense I've seen Kevin Durant play same here. Uh, same here. As far as I can remember, I've never seen Kevin Durant all over the place with those long ass arms. It was a play where Kyrie was penetrating; he was about to stop and pop, and Durant left his man. And with those long arms, he was still able to deflect his shot from behind with those long arms. And like Kevin Durant is like everywhere, man. But yeah, Kyrie—they definitely putting the clamps on him with the double teaming and collapsing on him. You see Andre Iguodala out there collapsing, Livingston collapsing. You got guys who are who who's concentrating on defense and they swarming Kyrie Irving. So I don't, I don't know what Tyrone Lou's going to come up with a game plan to kind of get Irving going. Um, I've said this before to you guys, the difference LeBron had the luxury of guarding freaking Harrison Barnes. I think Le- and LeBron can say whatever he wanted. LeBron was tired as hell. Oh, you can no see question. his whole chest and back just going up and down because he was tired. Because now, not only he has to do it all on offense, on the offensive end, getting everybody involved, scoring, doing it all like people said, he has to play defense against Kevin Durant. He has to play defense. After a while, that's going to wear you out. I don't care who you are. It wears me out. when I play. If I play basketball and I'm guarding someone where I'm going to have to like guard them and have to kind of take on the offensive load, it's going to wear you out after a while, man. I don't care how great of a shape you in, and I think that's that's the case with LeBron, and that's the difference in this. That's one of the difference makers in this series that the Cavs is not going to win four out of the next freaking five games in this series. And please do not let. Even though when I predicted this series, I predict the Cavs to win this game and game five, and that was it. Um, so they, I can see them winning this game tomorrow. You know, off of pure adrenaline, home court, they ride it up, they they hype. But if Golden State wins tomorrow, we could be possibly looking at a 16 and 0 playoff squad, something that's never happened since the uh, since the first round has been to the league to the round of, of four out of seven out of all four rounds. We could be seeing that uh, for the first time, uh, and I'm all for seeing history. I think that'll be dope if Golden State. Will go undefeated throughout the entire post, go sixteen and zero in the entire postseason. But yes, no way that Cavs is going to win four out of five the way that they're playing. Um, for another thing, J.R. Smith is lost. I don't know what the hell is going on. He's he's gone. He's lost. 
Uh, that was that's it's somewhat of a smart move to play my Shepard. At least offensively, you can look at it and be like, well, you know what? That's not that much of an upgrade. But at least my Shepard is aware on defense, and he's not leaving folks wide. You are you should not be leaving Stephen Curry wide the hell open. Granted, Stephen Curry running off a lot of picks, but at this point, if you're watching film, I hope J.R. Smith is in there in the film room because the way he's playing, I don't even think he's a participate in the film room. You have to be in that film room. You have to study these opponents, man. Like, study the way they come off these picks. Study how many picks they're coming off of. Everything. Jarrett Smith is lost. Tristan Thompson is lost. That bench has been a non-factor. I mean, and then if you look at stats-wise, Golden State bench hasn't been, like, super, you know, great either. But the fact that Cavaliers bench, they just don't even seem like they're, like, they're, like, they don't seem like they're there. Like, they just, you know how when you're just playing with guys, it's just like, damn, like, like come on, dude. Like, come on, let's go. Like, like let's ball. They don't seem like they're there. Dan Williams, I think he's just, he's stung for the moment because this is his first time playing in the NBA Finals. Uh, Kyle Corver, I think, uh, <laughs> I think Ken warned us about Kyle Corver before. No, I warned you about Kyle Corver. <laughs> I think Ken agreed. So, both of y'all, y'all see the effects of that. Uh, Shannon Fry, he's a defensive liability. Um, I want to see what Ken's talking about with this Derrick Williams secret weapon. Like he's just like some Terminator <laughs> X or something like that. Um, don't see that happening. Now let's Tyrone Lue make some adjustments in game three and we see Der- Derrick Williams uh, start balling or something. Or being, not really balling, but start being, you know, intangible to the team. Don't see that happening. The bench is just lost, man. Bench is lost. The, if, the, if we don't get nothing from the bench soon... There's only so much LeBron can do. And like like Ken said, Kevin Love is actually playing. We didn't expect him to play this good in the finals. Kevin Love is actually playing solid, man. He's really playing solid defensively and offensively. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, until, they, until Tyrone Lue figure out a scheme to get Kyrie Irving going, Kyrie Irving better, dug, he better dig in his black mama, MJ, whatever he need to dig into. Because right now he is he, he's, he's looking like he's not looking like the good Robin to, to LeBron James Batman. And LeBron James, he's he's getting tired, man. He's getting worn out. Kevin Durant is wearing him, wearing that boy out, and he's having a good series so far. So I still got Warriors in six. If they win tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to go with Warriors in five. I, I just out of respect to LeBron. Out of respect to LeBron, they have to get one game. They got to get that one home game, one of those game three or game fours. So if they lose tomorrow, if Cavs lose tomorrow, I'm going to still give them hope to win at least game four, and then I can see Golden State finishing out game five on their home court the way they would like for it to be. No doubt, no doubt. Um, Man, y'all said a mouthful, man. Um, Let me start off with the superlatives, man. First, LeBron. uh, LeBron, shout out to LeBron and Steph Curry for both getting triple-doubles in – in game two, I think that was the first time in in finals history where two players on opposing teams got a triple double. Uh, LeBron's it was LeBron's eighth finals triple double, which ties him with Magic Johnson uh, with the most in NBA history. So that's that was a, a great great look for LeBron. Also, LeBron passed uh, Jerry West for second in all time in finals assists. Um, so you know he's he's inching up further and further in record books. Uh, that being said, uh, <laughs> I said that I thought the finals would go seven games. I thought that for the finals to go seven games, I said the Cavs would have to win game two. Uh, obviously, they did. Um, these games, I like in, in watching these games, 
they haven't felt close at all. Um, I thought we got a really, really good game in game two. Uh, but no, the games were these games weren't close. I mean, the, the, even the end result, they weren't close. The, the I, second game was close. Yeah, it was it was close. It was it was what Cavs. I mean, uh, they had a uh, the Warriors had a four point lead at halftime, and then like something happened after halftime, and it, they pushed the lead to ten. And for some reason, like when the when the Warriors get up 10, 12, it it doesn't like the Cavs, I think team. Huh? The Cavs had like a four or five minute drought though. Yeah, they did, and and I think that was you know they they took some bad shots, they they blew some defensive assignments. Uh, and, and that starts me on my, my first point is that one of the things that we talked about all basketball season long was the Cavs, Cavs lack, lack of defense. Of defense. And they, they haven't, haven't played, played well. well. They played better. The, the game two was they were much better defensively. They forced. But I mean, like, have you ever seen a game where somebody forces 20 turnovers and still loses by 20 points? I mean, like you said, Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love, Kevin, Kevin Love quietly has been the untold story of the finals because nobody's talking about him, but he has been he has been beyond solid. Kevin Love has been flat out balling. Um, LeBron, what can you say about LeBron? LeBron has been LeBron. Uh, Steph has played well. Kevin Durant has been the difference maker. And I think, you know, barring an injury or a suspension or, you know, somebody getting caught for dog fighting or cocaine, somebody doing cocaine at halftime. I, I, I don't see how this I know I initially said seven. I don't see how this goes seven. Now, I will say this much. Two games don't make a final. Right. So. Phil Jackson said and coaches have always said, you know, and. and the, the the finals don't start until a home series. I mean, I mean the playoffs don't start until a home team loses. Uh, the Cavs have to get game three. If they can't get game three, B, I'm not even giving it five. It's it's, it's going to be a sweep. Um, and I don't want to. I have too much respect for LeBron's game to throw dirt on him. And I I have the feeling that Kyrie will play better. Uh, some of the bench players will play better because bench players pay, play better on the on at home than they do on the road. Uh, but Durant and Curry, and then you got Clay Thompson back into the mix, and Draymond Green has been there defensively, but he really hasn't added much offensively in in either game. Um, so the Warriors, so Ken's right, the Cavs have not played their best game. Honestly, I don't think the Warriors have either. So I think that there's room for improvement. I just I think what the the concern I have is, and I was talking to somebody on Twitter today, can the Cavs close the when they play better? Can they close the gap? Uh, the biggest thing is Kyrie Irving. Clay Thompson is shutting down Kyrie. Well, I'm gonna say shutting down. He is doing a great job of defense on on Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is only shooting 22% against Clay Thompson. Um, he is shooting 35% in isolation. 41% in pick and rolls in this series thus far. Fool's goal. When I look at his stat sheet, he's not scoring these buckets on Klay Thompson. So other than getting switches, they they are running, they are trapping him, and he's a guy that's used to, like FIFO said, isolation. And usually he's not necessarily good at, you know, being trapped. Away. And they're bringing a big guy to trap, and they're getting the ball out of his hands. And Kyrie doesn't necessarily want to make the pass. He can, but he's got to be able to get into the lane and facilitate for other guys if he's not going to, you know, take a guy off the dribble. Um, 
they they came out earlier today, meaning the Cavs, and they said that they were going to keep the pace where they were. That you know they didn't think that they were playing too fast. I think they're playing way too fast. You can't get into a track meet. You you can't get into a race with Usain Bolt. You got to slow this thing down. Go one on one. You got to you if you're going to go ISO, you got to make your shots. I saw a couple of possessions in game two in particular where the Warriors got a basket. Kyrie brings the ball up the court, shoots, jacks up a, an ill-advised shot five seconds into the shot clock. Those aren't good. I, and sometimes, even if those shots go in, those aren't good shots offensively for Cleveland. Um, because what happens is that when you miss those shots or you don't get, you know, Thompson, or Tr- Tristan Thompson, that is, or Kevin Love a chance to kind of feel the ball. And they, the Cavs have to work the ball around. I don't think whatever ails them offensively, I think they can be better offensively. And I don't think offensively necessarily they're hurting. But defensively, if they can't play better defense, this series not going long because defensively they and and the Cavs have not been good defensively all year long. And this isn't a team that you can afford. This ain't the Celtics. This ain't the Raptors. This ain't a team where you can just play all, and LeBron. And I'll tell you, B, you mentioned the fact that LeBron was tired. One of the main reasons why he was tired is because and and he you saw him in the first half. Going straight to, the, I mean, he was it was straight bully ball. He was taking cats to the rim every time he got a chance. But that gets tiresome. I mean, and I know we think we we know that LeBron is such a physical specimen. You know, we we don't think about him getting tired, but all of that comes at a cost. So by the time the second half rolled around, and they're going at this pace, he was gassed. He only took six shots in in the second half, and you can't win with LeBron taking six shots. Um, I think Cleveland, what they need to do, they're going to have to try to get uh, Clay Thompson in foul trouble so that they can get some pressure off of what he's doing to Kyrie and let Kyrie get loose a little bit. And I think they'll be okay. But if they don't play better defensively, what they do offensively is not going to matter because Golden State's going to score and you're not going to stop them. You can slow them down, but you're not going to stop them. If Cleveland can't get it done on the defensive end, this series doesn't go. It 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 might not go back to Golden State. I think it will because I think that they will get Game Three. But if they can't get it done, man, it's gonna be a long, long night come Wednesday night. Now I know we we talked about it a little bit, uh, and people, I'll go back to you. I know you touched on it some, and maybe if maybe you have another point or two, what can the Cavs do to get back in this final? Because again, it's only been two games. We know what we've seen. I don't know if necessarily we can take anything from last year because the big difference between this year and last year is number 35 in white. So what can the Cavs do to get back into this finals? Because the finals aren't over. But for them to get back in it, what can they do? No, they're far. It, the finals are far from over. Let, let's not write off the, the, the championship squad that came back down 3-1. Let's not write those guys off, please. Not, not yet. Not yet. Now, if they lose game three... And it depends <laughs> on how they lose. Because to me, it's not always if you lose, it's how you lose. Right. And, 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 and what I see with the Cavs, look, there, there, there are a couple of adjustments that they can make. Again, when you're playing defense, if, if you guys watch basketball, right, and watch the San Antonio Spurs, they're one of the few teams that can actually bother Golden State. What they do is that when they're when, when Steph Curry, KD, Clay Thompson, all of these guys are running around all over the place, running through around picks and everything off the ball, you switch. So if you are guarding the picker, 
you now guard the guy coming off of that pick. And then the little guy gets onto the, the picker now. And you switch it that way so that way you can deny the ball. See, the, the thing with Golden State, they want, they're going to get open shots. Because that's how they play. They're going to try mm-hmm. to get turnovers. They play great defense. They want to get quick shots. And then in the half court, if you can force them to play half court, they're going to run around. They're going to tire you out. So you have to cut off angles. You have to cut off those angles. You cannot. Uh, you can't have your guys chase them all around. you got to come off of the picker and now guard and deny the ball and play tough one-on-one defense up top. That's what you have to do. I think that's one major defensive adjustment the Cavs can make. Kyrie, in terms of scoring, and, and can hit it on right on the head, this is where Ty Lue, and this is why I always say this is checkers and chess at the same time, you got to move Kyrie opposite of where Braun is. You have to have a a threat at every position on the court at all times. So that way they they don't want to help off of Kyrie. Kyrie has to be more of a willing passer because that's part of the ascension and maturation of a superstar player is accepting the double team and making a smart decision from that double team. That's what they're doing to Kyrie now. Kyrie has to figure it out. Kyrie. I, I don't have the breakdown. I don't have the terminology. I'm talking in a lot of hyperbole. But Kyrie has to figure that out. They're, they are double-teaming you. How are they double-teaming you? Why are they double-teaming you from? Who's the open man? And Tyloo has to get has to allow Kyrie to know what's going to happen and then put guys, other guys in positions to capitalize off of that double-team. If you're not going to double-team Braun and let Braun continuously go to the rack and K-Love is going to be hitting outside shots, we Kyrie needs to understand where that double team's coming from. Um, I think also you have to slow down the pace. You have to dictate pace to Golden State. What that means is, is you don't try to run as fast as they do. You don't try to score as fast as they do. We're watching the, the number one and number two three-point shooting teams in the NBA. But how Golden State shoots them and how Cleveland shoots them is two different ways. They have to take the tempo to dictate their three-point shots. You can't allow Golden State to hit 18 three-pointers in a game where I can't I can't remember the, the, the stat. I was looking at it earlier. But you can't let them guys be plus 8, plus 12 at the three-point line and get out-rebounded. They have to slow it down. Take half-court three-point shots, break guys down one-on-one, kick out, rotate the rock, get open shots, because that's how they shoot their three. They have to dictate pace. I think that's the main thing. When we watch these two games, Golden State is doing what they want to do, and I've always said championship teams do not adjust. They play their game. Cleveland has to play their game. Golden State has to be like, holy crap, these boys is too big. Tristan got to get boards. They gotta, they gotta get their shots. They gotta be willing to take their shots. They cannot only rely on the big three. They need a game from one of these bench guys. Darren, Kyle, Jr. Where are you? There it is. There it is. What about you, Ken? Um, what do you think it's gonna take for the Cavs to get back in this and tie this thing up and bring it back to uh, Oakland? Uh, you know what? When this, this whole thing started, I said the key 
to the Cavs winning this series is Kyrie Irving. I picked Kyrie to be the NBA Finals MVP, and that's what they need. And Kyrie has to be a threat. Kyrie has to impose his will on the Golden State Warriors. He, it, it don't matter who you put on him. You know, he has to, to dominate somehow, some way. And, um, and it's up to him to figure it out. It's up to Lou to figure it out. And I think as crazy as this sounds, I think LeBron has to defer to him and, and play off of Kyrie. They need him to put up 30, 40, 30, 50, whatever it is he need to put up. They need to do it. And I think at that point, once that starts to happen, should that happen, then everything else are, co- are, are, are coming to play because we know what LeBron's gonna gonna bring, man. We know what he's gonna do. Um, but they need Kyrie because without Kyrie and with the way Kyrie is playing, they've basically turned back into the the finals team that LeBron had two years ago. <laughs> you know, because he's he's not ineffective. His points don't have an impact on the outcome of the game. He's having a Steph Curry series. Yeah, people always want to point to Steph's final line in the finals, but yeah, his his final numbers may may look great, but it wasn't an impactful series. Like we didn't feel Steph Curry in in, in the finals. That's why people say he had an off game because that you know they're just vanity numbers at that point. Um, and and Kyrie is not a vanity numbers guy. Like he got to go get his. And and um, and I like that they're focusing on Kevin Love and getting him early, getting him going early. I and I know that that's something that they do, but um, I think they really need to get get Kyrie off. And once he's going, I think it opens up for everybody else. Um, the other thing I would like to see happen, I know they, I know LeBron want to play fast, but I, I would just give it to LeBron in the post every possession and just wear him out. <laughs> Try that. Try something, damn it! But um, but I, I I think LeBron needs to play in the post more. When you guys, Kyle, when you mentioned him being gassed in the second half, oh, you can see it in, in you can see it in the second quarter, um, because right. going into halftime, LeBron was was just huffing and puffing. But I think that he needs to um, pace himself and pick his spots, like balance your your attack a little bit more throughout four quarters instead of so much in the first and second half. Granted, he had to do all of that just to get back in the game. So LeBron, you know, pace yourself a little bit more, and um, and it, it, it's Kyrie time. Because if, if, if Kyrie go out like this, he needs to lose Kobe Bryant number. <laughs> it always comes back to Kobe. I'll be <laughs> What about you, man? What do you think the Cavs could do to get back into these finals? Uh, they got to slow it down. Um, you can't, you can't, you can't beat, you can't beat this Golden State squad trying to play up tempo ball like they are. Um, slow it down, man. Like that's all I can say. Really, they just need to really slow it because every when well, every time when they try, Warriors gonna they're gonna give up that that three ball and make them score hey, too. Because hey, B, Warriors, can I jump in here real quick? Yeah, just go ahead. Real quick. I saw this today. Um, in all of the games the Cavs won last year, I think the three, they play at a faster pace than they're playing now. 
in in this series. They played faster last year. Just, the Cavs did. Yep. Yep. It seemed, it seemed like it's not working against this team. <laughs> it's a different team. But, you know, it's like everybody's saying, like, they need to slow it down. But when people actually started, to, this is where analytics can be helpful. Like, I agree with you. It looks like this game is just moving way too fast. It's, it it think, is. They need I to think slow the it difference kind of goes back to what you were saying. The, the defense really isn't there. And that's why it looks like they can't keep up with the pace. But once they basically broke, broke it down, they say, oh, actually – the way they won last year was partly because of the pace. But again, Ken, the difference between this year and last year is number thirty-five, <laughs> and, he, and he's making a huge difference. That's, so I, so I think we, I, and totally, don't get me wrong, Ken, I totally uh, understand where you're coming from, and I agree to a point. But I think we have to kind of throw out the narrative of last year. Now, do the Cavs have something to rely on? Yeah, but it's. This ain't the, the Cavs aren't the same team as they were last year, and this this Golden State team damn sure ain't the same team they were last year. So I you think know, that's that's the thing. No, nah, no. Nah, here, here's the thing, right? Like analytics are good, but at the end of the day, I rely on my eyes the most. What my eyes tell me is that the Cavs do need to slow it down. If I tell you that these are the number one and number two three point shooting teams, who's number one? I'm asking an open question to everybody. Uh, Golden State. No, Cavs are. The Cavs are a better three-point percentage shooting team, and they average more attempts and makes than Golden State throughout the the regular season and the playoffs. Last yeah, but game, but when you but yeah, when you on, okay, now, Kyle, hold on, now, go ahead, Kyle. go ahead. Let me bring let me bring it home now. Let me bring it home now. Go ahead. In game two, Golden State was plus ten in makes. They made eighteen. Cavs made eight. In my soliloquy, I said. Cavs need to play their game. They need to shoot more threes. How do they shoot threes in the half court? They don't shoot them in transition like Golden State does. By that number, it tells me that Golden State is playing at their play at their pace. Cleveland needs to play a half court game and get their shots in half court. Slow it down. Ten is too much. It is too much. You you cannot allow Golden State to hit. 10 more threes than you when you're the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA. That, you're just not going to win. It's as simple as that. And being down 12 rebounds, that, that that's just not going to work. Those are the two areas, their biggest areas of opportunities. They close those gaps or win the battle in those two statistical categories and slow the pace down, I think they win. That's how they win. That's how they won game seven. Okay, uh, I yep. the, so the only the so only thing I have that yeah because they're not going to play better defense because this is not a good this is not a great defensive. I, I told y'all about the Cavs defense. I said they team defense. We've been talking about it all it year long, and I just don't you you just can't yeah you can get by with that against uh, Washington or uh, you know Chicago or Boston. This is a different animal. I, I think the thing that they have to do is they have to slow the pace down. And like Ken said, you probably are going to have to to win. You're probably going to have to get 85 points between your big three. That means Love, uh, LeBron, and Kyrie. And then you're going to have to get double digits from one or two other people. They have yet to have somebody else being double figures in both games, uh, meaning a role player. Uh, J.R. Smith hasn't done it. Tristan Thompson hasn't done it. Corver, uh, Fry. Um, 
you know, Jefferson, none of those guys. And, and so you expect those guys to play a little bit better at home. But what Golden State is doing that, you know, teams like Boston couldn't do, they're running guys like Kyle Corver and Channing Fry off the three-point line and making them put it on the floor. And they're reluctant to do it because that's not their game. So it falls into their hands defensively. Um, but, yeah, is it over? No, it's not over. It's not over by any stretch of imagination. I've been watching, watching basketball way too long and know that, you know, it, anything can happen. But this Warriors team, man, we'll talk about it right now. What? Okay, Steve Kerr is listening. If you're listening, Steve Kerr, Ken, what do you have to say to Steve Kerr in order for his team to close out this series? If if they're li- if you if you could talk to Steve Kerr right now, what would you tell him that he needs to do to get his team to 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 hoist the, the title? Look, we, we, you know what we've seen with the Warriors, they don't even need a damn coach. <laughs> That's my biggest. We saw what uh, what Walton did last year, and then Kerr, Kerr goes out and Mike Brown steps steps in and they. They're doing the same thing. They don't even need a damn coach. So there's nothing. Kurt, Kurt, they could just go out there and just play ball and they'll win. So they're they're good, man. They're they're fine. FIFO, uh, if 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 you're talking to Steve Kerr, if he's listening, uh, what would you tell him that he needs to do or his team needs to do to get these next two wins? <laughs> keep 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 out here hooping. <laughs> like, like they, they, they don't need to make any adjustments. They need to keep pushing the pace. They, they, they just look, man. Like, catch, look when you don't need a coach, when you're that self sufficient, bro. They, they, they understand what they need to do. They understand each other's game. They fit perfect. You know, th- this was the perfect storm. They drafted three out of four of these guys. Yeah, like, like, like they, they drafted them for a reason because this is what. This is what you do when you are a basketball architect. I'm not even going to say GM because Jerry West has moved himself beyond a GM and advisor. He is a basketball architect, and this is what he's been able to do. He drafted the guys he knew was going to work, and then they were able to be in a certain position because Steph Curry's ankles were, were, were you know, they, they kept shattering every other game. That he signed a four-year, forty-four million dollar extension. Steph Curry's making eleven million dollars a year right now, and he was never able at the beginning stages of his career to to do what we're seeing now. So when he signed that contract, and you draft Draymond in the second round, he just recently resigned for a big contract, and it's not even the full max. You sign, you draft a Clay Thompson, and, and, and he he's signed for eighty some million, which is a bargain in these days. You have the salary cap to go get a Durant. And now this team is the perfect combination. Look, I've watched a lot of basketball. I'm not that old, but I've been watching ever since I was six, seven years old. So we're talking 1990. So I've been watching a lot of basketball. This is by far the best team that I've seen with my own two eyes. This is the perfect storm. They all complement each other. They're all unselfish. They have a system that is catered to what these guys do, man. And everybody else outside of their big four is interchangeable. Does not matter who they go get. They complement so much of each other's game that, and then they play offense and defense, man. And they can hide Steph Curry. 
this this you know they have four all NBA guys. Let, let, let me start. Let me stop gushing about the Golden State Warriors. Let me digress <laughs> one more game. But you, you picked the Cavs in six. But you picked the Cavs in six. And, the and you going, man. Got oh, it. But, but, but see, but you know what? But but you know, but you know what? This this just proves how objective I feel that I can be because I understand yes, that true. these are that's true. You, you know what, FIFA? That's that's a good point. You you're being very objective. I I got number number respect for that. Uh, B, what about you, man? Uh, if if Steve Kerr is listening, man, what are you telling him? Uh, man, go ahead and let Mike Brown get some shine, man. Just, just don't, <laughs> don't even coach, man. You know, you Mike Brown got this. Let let the brother let the brother get some shine for a change. You know what I'm he saying? He came back was, quick, didn't he? Be he came back so quick. <laughs> he came back. I know Steve Kerr was coming back. Man, after that first game, Steve Kerr was like, man, I want some of this fun. Uh, man, yeah, let, let Mike Brown just go ahead and finish out the series, man. Let let him have a chance to coach against LeBron and beat him. You know, in the finals, man. Um. Nothing else to say. Um, guys are playing great. They 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 swarming all over the place on defense. Let's not let's let's not forget. I think Golden State is like one of the top top ranked five teams defensively this season. I think if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. or if not five, definitely in the top ten uh, defensive wise. So I mean, you add that to their offensive powerhouse that they're that they're displaying. Um, we could possibly be looking at one of the best. Historically, best NBA teams in the league, especially if they if Warriors pull out and get and sweep. Man, like it's a whole other ball game at this point. But um, yeah, Curry, man, you, you know, just keep put your, put your foot on their throat. This tomorrow go. is the game that you have to put the foot on their throat. Suck the confidence out of them, man. Suck the life out of the Cavs team organization with this win. Uh, tomorrow, man. So that's all I can say. Like you, y- y'all should, y'all should play this. Y'all should have play this game tomorrow. Like it's game seven. Like it's win or go home. Like that's the mentality that you guys should have going into game three, playing the Cavs um, home. I couldn't have said it better myself, B. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, uh, if if Steve Curry, if you're listening, I think you you got to understand that two games don't make a, a finals. Uh, three wins don't make a finals. You got you. It's it's the first to four. Whoever gets the four first, and you know you're not in a position where you can afford to take your foot off the gas. Uh, you got these guys down. You know, put your foot on the neck. You know, I mean, what? And, and I like the fact that you know reporters have been asking them about what do they think about being perfect, and and the the Warriors to a man have shut that down. Like, look. Our objective isn't to go 16 and 0. Our objective is to get to 16, and that means once you've got the 16, that means you've you've won the won the championship. So, yeah, keep doing what you've been doing. Um, you know, you want to see Clay get off uh, because Durant and Curry are going to get theirs. Uh, you know, I think you want to try to get Draymond involved offensively if you can, but it's not. I mean, as long as he does that. But I think the the key for the Cavs. Uh, excuse me, the key for the Warriors, particularly in game three, uh, stay out of foul trouble because I think they're going to try to get Kyrie going and try to get Clay. If they can get Clay Thompson off the floor, they have a chance. But defensively, what he's been doing to Kyrie and what they've been doing to Kyrie, if Kyrie doesn't make any adjustments, yeah, the, the, the Warriors are in good shape. But um, yeah, keep doing what you've been doing. And if they want to play it, if, if, <laughs> if the Cavs are dumb enough to play at this pace, say, you can write your own ticket to the funeral home, bro. 
<laughs> Real easy. Uh, you are listening to the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, this is a weekly sports podcast. We want to thank you for checking us out. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You can find a podcast just about anywhere podcasts are. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, make sure that you go to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com backslash dead end sports. Um, subscribe there as well. Uh, before we get into the next topic, I want to read a couple of headlines, things that you might have missed. A little segment we like to call In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It, man, um, Derek Fisher, former coach of the New uh, New York Knicks, uh, got himself a DUI this past Sunday. Uh, vehicle flipped over. He had uh, Matt Barnes' ex-wife, uh, <laughs> uh, reality star Gloria, I can't remember her last name, Gloria Govan. Um, in the car, both were unharmed, but Derek Fisher caught himself a DUI. Uh, so a DUI for the Dirty Mac. Uh, over in the NFL, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, much to the surprise of many, released uh, their wide receiver, uh, Macklin. And that sent shockwaves through the NFL because Macklin had just, he was, I think he'd signed a five-year deal and he was uh, just two seasons into a very lucrative deal. Uh, back in the NBA, uh, Chris Bosh, uh, it looks like his career is ending. They say he has suffered a career-ending illness. Uh, you know, he did not play last year at all because of blood clots. Uh, it looks like we have seen the last of Chris Chris Bosh on an NBA court. And also in 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 um excuse me in other news, uh, former Baltimore Ravens running back Ray Rice has been hired as a running backs coach for a New York high school. So Ray Rice is not back in the game, but he's back in the game. So just a little couple of things, a couple of news notes there in case you missed it. Um, now, also, uh, Commissioner Adam Silver for the NBA spoke uh, to the media last week. Uh, he got on the subject of the one and done. And the NBA was, he, he said, the NBA stance is that they would like to raise the age limit from 19 to 20, uh, but he doesn't know how likely that is. And they've even pondered getting rid of the age requirement altogether. So, B, I'll throw it to you. Do you think the NBA will increase the age limit to play in the NBA? And are you in favor of increasing it or doing away with it altogether? Uh, oh, man. This is this is an interesting situation, man, that Adam Silver is going through. Um I uh, and see I w- I should have looked this up, man. I should have like looked over the past like maybe fifteen years, like players that's been one and done, how many of them has like been stars and so- how many of them haven't as been up being bust or whatever. But um I mean, cause yeah, you got what car Anthony Towns? You got Andrew Wiggins. Is he one and done? Was Andrew one and done? He yeah. played. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, God, that's 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 a. Because I think sometimes I think if they if they was to stay maybe if you make them stay two years in the college, I think it would be better for college, and I think it would be better for for the NBA. I think you have guys that develop develop you know better in the game because well even even that even just body wise, I think sometimes. When we see these one and done, you know, play one year in college, and then they go to the league, a lot of these guys don't have like man bodies, like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like. And I think sometimes when they get to the league and that and that that schedule, going from a college schedule to an NBA schedule, 
sometimes that's where they turn their bodies, and that's why you know you get these players that get injured. Probably prime example, Jabari Parker. Um, you know he getting he can't he can't stay healthy, and, and it's unfortunate. I think yeah, he had, no. Yeah, he he ripped his uh, Achilles again, man. And this is like goodness gracious. And I think sometimes your body just have to develop. Just you you have to develop your body, man. Sometimes these you coming out at 18, 19 years old, you still not a man yet. Like just body wise. I mean, of course, LeBron James was like an exception to rule of the rule. He was True. he was a man body in a freaking sophomore high school. But um, yeah, man. I just think sometimes with the development of their bodies, I think. Sometimes you you get a lot of these guys that get injured very easily or get injured quick and then they stay injured because they're not letting their bodies develop. So that would be a reason why I would say, hey, at least let them go to let them play two years in, in college, because then, you know, recruiting wise, on the college side, you know, can you imagine if some of these one and done players would kind of stay one more year and the next group of guys come in, you can kind of start like a nice little two three year dynasty with some of these college squads. And you have some real good college, you know, being played, man. I, I know Calipari would be against the whole players got to play two years because Calipari all about it. Look, I just want my guys to get to the league, get their money, do whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's still a slope, man, because we've seen a lot of one-and-done guys who's, who's in the league who's we're, – we're saying the promising superstars of the league, future superstars of the league. Like I said, Car Anthony Towns is definitely one of them. And uh, Andrew Wiggins is another one of them. You know, it's, that's, that's guys that we can see as like future NBA superstars in this league. So um, Anthony Davis, I think he's another one, one True. and done. Yep. Um, and look, look what we paved him as. Was it wasn't John Wall one and done as well? Yep, John Wall, Demarcus yeah. Cousins. You know, like guys, how we already pinning as future superstars after you know the LeBron James and Kevin Durant hang it up. We we pinning these guys as the next superstars, and they're they're all one and done. You know, but then again, on the on the on the bad side, you got one and dones that just go to the in, in development league and go end up playing overseas, and we never hear from them again. You know, so it's a good and bad for everything. So it's really like a slippery slope. It's hard for me to like really favor one area and favor the other. Like favor the two, you know, two year or favor just hey, let them play straight up out of high school and we just go from there. Personally, I, I would like to see them increase it uh, mainly because I'm being selfish. And what I mean by that is that I would love to see them come back and play another year, you know, um, in, in college. So I get a chance to, you know, um, uh, become a little bit more familiar with the player than, you know, one and done. Because sometimes, you know, I, I'm not like FIFA. I just can't see it. Like, I'm not a talent scout or anything like that. Like, I got to see you play for a while and. Sometimes some of the things that, that I see um, and, and, you know, the way FIFA describes it, like the, the college level kind of constricts what they can be um, or what they are because of just the way the game is played. But I think it would make the NBA a little bit better. Uh, it definitely would allow for college superstars um, in, in in the NCAA, which in yeah NCAA, which we don't have anymore. Uh, I think we were talking about that a while back, but um, so for that I like the move, but I think that only improves the college game, and I think it 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 also in in a weird way hurts the NBA. Because sometimes you just got have guys that are ready. 
So I'm kind of a little bit with B where it's kind of like I'm in the middle because either either increase it or get rid of it altogether because one and done isn't helping, you know. Um, And and even if you like you can increase it and guys could simply just go overseas and play. If you get rid of it, you can draft guys and send them to the D League. They draft international players and, and leave them overseas to develop and, yep, and get ready yep, and stash true. them. So um, if they get rid, if they do get rid of it and they feel guys are not ready and, and drafting guys with potential, then, yeah, they can just send them to the D-League and then spend time improving the D-League and turning the D-League into something that's worthwhile, yeah. which is what they're working mm-hmm. on right yeah. now. And then, yeah, yeah so. that would be dope. That would be dope. Make, make the D-League worth watching. Right. Yep. Because it really isn't. Yeah, that last point that Ken made was where, where, where I was going to end with. Um, because because here's the thing, right? Like the NBA is the second, if I'm not mistaken, the second most profitable sport in America uh, behind the NFL. I think they mm-hmm. have eclipsed uh, Major League Baseball. So it, it, it's about money. And I think that you have to cultivate the talent. I'm against the two-year rule mainly because that's exploitation. There's no other job in America that says that you have to ha- go to college for. There's certain things in America that if you are God-gifted to do, go ahead and do. And I don't think by removing it, right, it's just kind of like uh, 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 saying all drugs are legal. Is everybody that doesn't do drugs now just going to do drugs because they're legal? No. So if you lower it, that doesn't mean that everybody's just going to jump to the NBA. Some of these guys are going to want to improve their draft stock. Everybody's just not going to come out of the, the, the out of high school. And if they declare for the draft, some of these GMs need to have the restraint to say, you know what? We're not either going to draft you number one or that high, or we're just going to put you, like Ken said, in the in the D League and develop you. So, so for me, if you're going to make a rule like that, then I think that straight out of high school, you can declare for the NBA. And if you don't get drafted, you just go to the D League and build up that league. Because, because look, man, look, I have an issue with those guys being forced to go to college. Ben Simmons don't need college. DeMarcus could have came out out of high school and been an impact year one. There's certain guys that do not need college. Now, Anthony Davis, on the other hand, he needed college. He he needed to stay a couple years, even though he's a transcendent talent that I truly believe physically he wasn't ready. But it is what it is. Every player is going to be different. But I think that every player can benefit by playing at the highest level of competition. You're not going to get better by playing inferior people. You need to practice against. You need to train the best. That's that's how you're going to be the best player that you can be. So I'm against exploiting these kids going to college because they're not making any money, but they're making these universities mega millions. No, nah, man, Thanks. I'm not cool with that. I am not cool with that. These guys need to either the NBA needs to figure out how they can cultivate that D League or just eliminate the rule altogether. I am not for two years because, yes, it makes the, the basketball player better. I'm not going to lie in that. And I'm also going to say that it makes the college game better. But we are exploiting these kids by not paying them because they're generating millions upon millions 
for these universities. I am not cool with that. Get rid of it. People, man, you hit the nail on the head. I really don't have you. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I don't have much to add. I think they I think you're right. I, I don't think that it is if you eliminate the rule. I don't think that it's it's I don't think that it necessarily is going to hurt the NBA. What it does is it does a dent in college. And keep in mind that these kids who are the one and done kids, if they're and we saw from the Ben Simmons documentary, if you really and, and, and I'm assuming that most of these kids are going to class. But if you if you're one and done, if you can make it from your first the first semester of your freshman year to through the first semester and, and make it to the second semester, you don't have to go to class. I mean, because after that, it's just basically games. You don't have to go to class. You can, I mean, you can be enrolled in the school, but you don't have to go to class. I mean, what are they going to do? Tell you stop going to class? Are you going to be punished? Nah. So it, it's especially for the kids that they know that they're going to the league. Um, and and my last point is that the NCAA profits off these kids. And I think obviously, if these kids were getting paid, then I would be. If the kids were getting paid to play basketball in college, I would be more than open to them sticking around. And what I mean by paid is at least getting some type of stipend. I don't mean the the quote unquote free education because everybody knows that education ain't free. It comes at a cost. Uh, that's a, that's a story for a whole another day. That being said, no, I'm all for them going. If 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 there's a team that's willing to draft them, let them go in the draft. And and I don't think it's hurt the NBA. Yeah, you have some kids, and you may have a roster spot or two that is being taken up by a young player as opposed to 10, 15 years ago when it was taken up by a veteran and has the NBA suffered in that aspect. Yeah, I guess you could make that case. But other than that, I mean, we're looking at some of the best and the brightest, you know, on this stage. And like, like B, you ran off some names. I mean, some of the names of cats that you mentioned, those cats are all stars. When you look at cats like wall and cousins and, and, and Davis and, you know, and the likes of those guys and then some of these other one and dones, some of these kids that are coming out now, these are going to be the future all stars as, you know, the LeBrons and the Kevin Durant's and the Steph Curry's as they exit on their way out. Trust me, the talent pool is just just refreshes. I don't think making them stay in school, especially when they don't necessarily want to be in school. I don't think making them stay in school is going to going to make a difference. So if they want to come out, if they're good enough to get drafted, let them come on to the NBA and get some of that run and get that money. Um, moving on to our last and final subject, man, it's a, it's been rumored that, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are interested in making a play for Chris Paul and, uh, rumor has it that Chris Paul is in, will be entertaining the San Antonio Spurs. Now, as you all know, um, Tony Parker went down, uh, towards quad, I think, uh, during this, during the, uh, series, uh, playoff series and he's expected to return but i think tony park if i'm not mistaken is a free agent he he made some news this this past week by saying that he would like to play at least three more years and that would be 20 years and obviously he wants to stay in san antonio with the spurs so with tony parker aging uh chris chris paul not getting any younger the window seemingly you know almost closed shut in uh <laughs> for the clippers uh, the question is, should Chris Paul consider going to San Antonio to play with Kawhi Leonard? Uh, FIFA, I'll start there with you, man. What do you think? CP3 in the silver and black. What do you think? Uh, I like it, but this is unspurs-like. They have to unload a lot of contracts, including LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol, 
Uh, uh, there's somebody else I can't remember. But they have to move three or four guys. Uh, they have to get rid of Tony Parker's contract to be able to sign Chris Paul nearly to the max contract. So that's extremely unspurs-like. So I'm not sure if they're going to make that move. Now, from a basketball perspective, from a fan perspective, from a competitive perspective, yes, I want it to happen. Um, I think it'll make the game easier for Kawhi. Um, he has another clutch guy that has been proven, even though he hasn't made it to his conference finals. Uh, I don't think anybody has to question the type of pedigree and the type of leadership Chris Paul brings to a squad. And it would pop at the helm. I think that Chris Paul can concede enough of his game because the Spurs have a model and it wins and it's just win baby win and they do it so so I think that Chris Paul has enough basketball IQ to fit in that system do what he needs to do for that team to be great um I, I hope it happens I, I think it's good for the league I still think that they need to get another person um because they definitely need to get rid of LaMarcus Aldridge because he's proven the last <laughs> five years straight he does not belong in the playoffs. Get this guy on a lottery team because all he want to do is just get buckets. He want to be paid, man. No shots taken. Um, but yeah, man, like like they, like I, I want to see it happen. I I think it'll be good. I think it'll be interesting to see the dynamic between him and Kawhi. But I definitely think they can make it happen. I think a pure point guard could play with anybody. It is. It is. Uh, Ken, what about you, man? Uh, CP3 in San Antonio. What do you think? Do it. Do it, man. Um, go to a, a proven coach, Pop. Um, we saw what he was about to do to the Warriors until Zaza took out Kawhi. Um, so I, I, I think it'll be a, a, a great fit. Um, you know, Parker is, is up there, even though he says he wants to come back. Chris Paul deserves better, and he deserves to be in a position to win a ring. And I like the move. I think with Chris Paul's IQ and, and Pop's coaching brilliance with Kawhi, like yeah, I'm with you on on, on um, LA Ralph, but with Chris Paul, Kawhi, LA would be perfect because he won't have to do anything, you know. So, but sure. but just play off. Chris Paul and Chris Paul to get him going, but you know what though? Now that I think about it, I take that back because uh, Chris Paul he likes to yell at people. <laughs> LA, LA might, yeah, Lamarcus might not like that. So, but um, but yeah, man, I, I think they should do it, man. I want to see it happen. I want to see what he does there, um, and you know, I want to see him get a shot at, at winning winning the ring because with the Warriors out west and the way they're constructed, Katie talking about he'll take less money to keep them around that, that LA Clippers team won't stand a chance to compete with them. So the only person that has a shot is, is Popovich and, and Kawhi. No doubt. No doubt. What about you, BZ? Uh Could you see CP three in the silver and black? Uh, yeah. When uh Clippers got eliminated by Utah, the, like one of my first tweets following the buzzard of that game seven was, I said, if I'm CP three, I'll take my talents to San Antonio Spurs, and lo and behold, it looks like it looked like it might happen. I I call like I said, I called this the second, literally the second after that game was over when Clippers lost. I'm like, man, CP3 got a Clippers, man, got to LA, and go to San Antonio, man. Like, 
if if we can if we can make guys like Tyson Chandler and David West all stars, I can't ima- can you know can you imagine what we can probably do, you know, improve Lamarcus Aldridge's game. I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, like I said, he made Tyson Chandler an all star. Like that's crazy. So um, yeah, I think I think him going over there with like like you said, Ken, with Hall of Fame coach Greg Greg Pop. And then that organization, man, you know they're gonna get some guys around them, you know, and you know Patty Mills still being a serviceable backup for them, um, if it's if it's if they still got money, you know, to to afford um, Patty Mills. Don't know if Ginobili and Tony Parker's gonna return. I think Tony Parker might return, uh, so that'd be he wants to. He want yeah, so that'd be that'd be interesting. That'd be a nice little, uh, you know, I don't know if Greg Papa play mess around with that and have you know both of men. Or you know Tony Parker being an exclusive backup for uh, CP3, that'd be interesting. But yeah, I mean you go there, you know, I can see them being in the, making it to Western Conference Finals again. I don't know CP3 will automatically make them, you know, I don't know though because it was looking like they was going to get Golden State until Kawhi got injured, and if they can do that without CP3 and they did it without a Tony Parker at the time, he was still out with the injury. You know, you add CP3 there. And if Tony Parker's backing him up playing less minutes and being more effective playing less minutes, you never know. I mean, Spurs could. Greg Pop can come up with some schemes to try to, you know, shut them boys down. You already got Kawhi Leonard proving that he can lock up. You know, he can play defense, good defense on Kevin Durant and or LeBron James. So, hey, anything's possible. But, yeah, I I would like to see it, man. I would like to see CP3 go to the Spurs and play under a, a Hall of Fame coach and a great organization like the Spurs. Yeah, I think um, I think if if CP3 wants to ever get out of the second round, <laughs> I think I'd make this move. But it, well, you know, if, if the money's right, I mean, because his money got to be right. And I think I don't think CP3 is a guy who's necessarily hurting for money. Um, no state taxes in Texas. There, there you go. There you go. That's that's one benefit right there. But uh, you know, if if he's into LA, and I know he's heavily involved in the community. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but I think at this stage of his career, you have to kind of start looking around and, you know, you look at your boy like Carmelo, who's probably not going to win a ring or at least, you know, uh, play for a ring anytime soon. I, I'd make that move if the money's right and everything else. And I, I didn't even factor in what FIFO said, uh, some of the contracts that they would have to move. Um, you know, I, I'm not at this point, I'm not necessarily opposed to getting rid of uh, Lemon Booty Aldridge. I mean, because. He hasn't done anything. So I think I would definitely look at it. If I'm CP3, I would definitely, definitely look at it. Because, you know, at the worst case scenario, I just don't see the – now, Doc Rivers, you know, to his credit, who is – you know, I've been outspoken about, you know, re-signing CP3 as their main priority. Uh, We'll see. We shall see. Uh, It's coming up on – time for our closing thoughts. But before we get into our closing thoughts, let me give you a couple other stories in case you missed it. In case you missed it, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs are going on right now. Uh, the series is tied 2-2 between the, the Nashville Predators and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, game five is coming up soon. So if you're a hockey fan, uh, you're looking at the best two out of three. Uh, this is a very interesting series nonetheless because the uh, Nashville Predators are a team that was the 16th seed. So just imagine in the NBA, an eighth seed, not only winning in the first round, but making it all the way to the NBA finals. 
This is a true, true Cinderella story. If they can pull off and be go uh, PK, go PK. I know, right? <laughs> if they can pull it off, man, and get the win, that would be phenomenal. So we will we'll probably have to fill you in on the next podcast as to where they are. Uh, also, in case you missed it, uh, two NFL coaches got into a fight in a bar, and nobody got hurt. Rex Ryan and his brother uh, Rob Ryan were in a uh, minor altercation in a bar in Nashville. Uh, I find it interesting that both of these cats get, you know, get into a fight, and probably, you know, neither one of them will lose their jobs. If I'm not mistaken, I don't, I don't know if Rob is actually coaching. I don't know Rex will be working with ESPN. And uh, finally, uh, Marlins' uh, Edinson Valquez threw a no-hitter this week against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So just little things in case you missed it. Now it's time for our closing thoughts. Uh, first up, my man, BZ430. BZ, give us your closing thoughts. Look, man, I don't know what's going on with the Cavs, but what's up with that reporter, Mike Wise, saying that the locker room smelled like... <laughs> Some uh, Mary Jane, little Reaper-ish up in there, man. I mean, is this the reason why that J.R. Smith seems to be lost on the court? Is this why LeBron James was chippy with the reporters? <laughs> you know, is this why Cavs is not playing? Because they just, they 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 own that Mary Jane, man. They, they own that Mary Jane. They need to get off of it because they got game three tomorrow. A must-win situation for the Cavs. And Mike Wise, I don't know if you're just trying to start some stuff or if you're just talking out the side of your head or what. But to, to make those type of claims, man, that's you know, that's kind of a that's kind of crazy, man. To say that they locker rooms, you know. Now I, I'm from what do you say? I'm from uh, Nor- Northern California. Northern California, right? I know what cannabis smells like. I'm like, like <laughs> that got to be a white dude. You say cannabis, gotta be. But um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, man, like for him to say that, you know, then he's going to try to clean up to myself. Oh, it could have been a cameraman. It could have been a reporter or whatever. I'm not judging. And if you're not judging, why are you speaking about it? Be quiet. Right. Shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like for you to say that. But if it is, hey, look, LeBron, company, Cavs, y'all better do something because, uh, you know, get off the marijuana for right now. Focus on the freaking finals. And not when you have y'all win. Then you know you you can have your fun with your cannabis. Hippo said cannabis. You have fun with your cannabis. I'm gonna start referring to weed as cannabis. Hey, B, you should do like I do. I keep it old school. I call it reefer. <laughs> no, I'm saying cannabis. Because when I say cannabis, that means you know that come from a Caucasian male. Uh, hey, hey, what'd you say his name was again, B? Mike Wise. Hey, Mike Wise. Snitches get stitches, man. Remember snitches that. Snitches get stitches, and you're gonna try to talk about something. I'm not judging. Snitches get stitches on Crip, cuz. Okay. Oh so, shit. That's my oh. final thought, man. Cleveland, if you if you're in there smell like cannabis, clean it up. Nah, man. You better you better go from cannabis to I don't know, whatever it whatever something smelly healthy is. But y'all need to focus on the finals, man. And Mike Wise, man, keep your mouth shut, brother. The stickiest of the icky. My man FIFA, what what's your final thought, brother? Odell, man. Keep doing your thing. Don't let nobody tell you what you need to do because they wasn't there before the catch they ain't gonna be there after the catch and you was the one that made the catch so people out here talking smack about Odell Beckham Jr. being at the finals, missing OTAs they're voluntary this guy's the best wide receiver in the NFL I said it here, I know we're gonna have our top list coming soon, 
Odell Beckham's number one. This guy's the truth. Hey, man, forget the haters. Live life. Do it the way you want. There it is. There it is. My man, Cam, what's your final thought? Um, Shout out to Scooter Bennett, Reds left fielder, I believe. Um, Tonight he hit four home runs. Jeez. Yeah. And he had 10 RBI, five for five. Uh, He's the first player in Major League Baseball to hit four home runs uh, since May 8, 2012. So um, shout out to him. My final thought, man. Uh, I guess before I start my final thought, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a question. We we all, the, the four of us, we live here in, in Metro Atlanta, right? And and Ken and B and, and FIFO, you guys are familiar with the suburb Marietta, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that you would be relatively safe if you were in Marietta on a high school football field, right? Yes. Okay. This past weekend, a certain NFL quarterback by the name of Cameron Newton had his own seven-on-seven football camp at a high school in Marietta. Can you guys explain to me why Cameron Newton decided to walk around with armed security around the seven-on-seven camp? And not just walk around with armed security, but they followed him everywhere he went, where people could not even get close to Cam. Now, keep in mind, the name on the seven-on-seven camp was Cam Newton's name. This wasn't Peyton Manning's camp. This wasn't Tom Brady's camp. So my question is, and I hope Cam Newton's listening, why in the hell are you at your camp with armed security? Do you really think somebody's going to stick you up at your camp? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. And we, we we have tried on this podcast and on our videos to give Cam to cut Cam some slack. Cam caught a lot of hell for the things he's said. He's caught a lot of hell for the things that he's done. You know, we felt for him when he was in that bad accident. We, you know, semi-rooted for him when he was in the Super Bowl. But I, for the life of me, don't understand why you would come to a camp. With armed security, unless you're just trying to show off. And who are you trying to show off for? It's your camp. I don't understand. I don't understand. These new dudes, man, I just don't understand. Cam, you better get it together, man, because you only have a small period of time to do this. You only have a small period of time to be an NFL QB. And it's only a matter of time before if you don't produce, they'll run your ass out of Charlotte. If you don't believe me, look around and look around at some of your counterparts and see what they're doing. That's going to do it for us. Once again, for FIFO, for B, for Ken, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Kafifi. <laughs> He's stupid.